welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 74. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Uh, what, what describes you today? Do you have a joyful heart or do you have a crushed spirit? You know, those are things that maybe in our country right now and in other places in the world, there's just some challenges going on and there always, there always are. Um, but I hope today after listening to this podcast, you will have a joyful heart. Um, it's good medicine. It's good to laugh. It's good to smile. And I hope that you're able to do that. I got to thinking about this episode. I thought who, who would be a person that is a hunter, you know, would have hunting stories, but also also just an encouraging person and also very funny. And uh, one name kind of rose to the top for me, and that's my friend Brian Grubbs. Uh, Brian is a minister in Louisville, Ohio, and he used to live down here where I'm at, and that's where I met him, and I've known him for years, and he's just always been one of the most encouraging people. After talking to Brian, you just feel better, um, and he has that ability. So today I'm not going to do like a fancy outro or anything like that. I'm just going to go ahead and say as you listen to this, I hope that you'll be encouraged, that you'll have a joyful heart, and that you'll go out and shed the light. So here is Brian Grubbs. Hope you enjoy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Mr. Brian Grubbs. Brian, how are you? I'm doing fine, Travis, and you? Oh, doing great, man. Doing great. What you into today? Oh, just doing uh, some of this sermonizing and pasteurizing, you know, just kind (laughs) of wrapping up some ends here. And uh, it's a beautiful day up here in Louisville. And uh, have the bike out, so I might take a ride this afternoon. Oh, awesome. A motorbike or pedal bike? What, what do you got going? Uh, no pedal. Uh, my heart can't handle that. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, you and I have known each other for a good while. I don't even know how long it's been. You used to be down here where I'm at, actually working in the church that I'm working at in Belpre, Ohio. But go ahead and give us a little bit of a background, uh, who you are, where you're from, and all that good stuff for our listeners. Okay, uh, my name is Brian Grubbs. I'm up here in Louisville, Ohio. I'm from a place called Butler, Pennsylvania, just north of Pittsburgh a bit, and uh, that makes me a Steeler fan. And there you go. There was, oh, I guess a time in the 80s when uh, I was far from the Lord, and uh, he grabbed a hold of my heart and uh, became a Christian. And a couple guys said, hey, you need to go into ministry. And I was working at a mushroom mine at that time, and uh, they said, uh, people just look more interesting than mushrooms. So uh, <laughs> I went to school, and uh, uh, people were just uh, really neat to be with and to watch them and uh, to walk with them. So I went into ministry, started in New Jersey as a minister there in Vineland, and then made my way down to Belpre, where you are, Travis, and then uh, a short stint over to Grand Central, then up here at Louisville. I have a beautiful wife by the name of Linda. Uh, I didn't get her glasses until after our 20th wedding anniversary. I didn't want her to see who she married. <laughs> uh, we have two wonderful boys, Davey and Eric. They are both married. Uh, Davey's out in Arizona with his wife, Sarah, and they have our only grandchild, Daisy Joy, and our younger son, Eric, and his wife, Addie, are in uh, Fairview Heights in Illinois. Uh, both love the Lord, and uh, both are... Uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're taller than I am, Travis. Uh, they all have full heads of hair, and they're stronger than I am. So I don't like them as much as I did when they were little. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. No, you got a good family. Um, you also, um, you. I don't know if it's the pleasure, but you get to work with a guy that we've had on this podcast before. You get to work with Scott Peralt. Uh, shall we pray? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a good man. He's a good man, Travis. Uh, good friend and a good man. Yeah, very good guy. Last time we were on, we were talking a little bit about how he was um, doing some kinship care kind of things with some yeah. kids. And as I've seen since that time, he's actually uh, adopted those kids. So he's raised, what, three boys? Yeah. yeah. Three boys already raised and out of the house. And now he's adopted, uh, what, two more? Yeah, well, there's three more. And they are in the process of that. Of the oh, in the process. process. Okay. And wow. I think there's a, a time limit you know, that they have to go through until they become theirs. Yeah. So uh, uh, I will tell you this, he's getting a little bit more gray. Uh, yeah. Time, so. I've seen some of his pictures. I've noticed <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, uh, speaking of Scott, uh, I believe Scott was introduced to hunting by you. So let's kind of dive into the hunting uh, bit of things. How, how did you get started hunting? Uh, it, well, it was down where you are, Travis in uh, Belpre, and some of the guys there hunted, and I thought, well, hey, if I'm going to get to know these guys, I better pick this up a little bit, and uh, Jim Gribble uh, invited me to come out and hunt with him, and uh, sure enough, I had a, my, my son had a crossbow, and borrowed his crossbow, and went out there, and uh, got my first buck out there with Jim, wow. then, so that was really cool, in fact, the, the antlers are still hanging there uh, on my office wall at home. And then uh, some of the guys there, uh, Travis, uh, we just connected. Uh, there was uh, Jody Lothry, uh, Dennis Bates, of course, the Foreman clan. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was just good spending time with them. So that's how I got uh, roped into that. Uh, I would say hooked into that, but that's a fishing story. <laughs> and, uh, so it, it, it was just, it just became a part of my life then. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I knew that you had hunted down here, and I, it is definitely a hunting culture. There's a lot of guys that go out and really enjoy it, and I've, I think that's the thing I enjoy about a lot of the guys in church. That's one of our favorite things to do together. We'll go out, and I spend a weekend on public ground with a guy that um, lives west of here, and um, you know, it's just, I, I think that's kind of a neat thing because you're already a group of brothers in the church, yeah. but to go out and enjoy the sport uh, of hunting and just uh, the fun times, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. It sure is, Travis. Something about that. Uh, you could go hunting with people that don't know the Lord, and it's good. Uh, but with those that are brothers, uh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think you appreciate kind of the same things. It's the, the scenery, you know uh, where it came from, you know what it's about. Yeah. And it's also, it's not about the kill. It's really, it's more than that. So, uh, well, Brian, let's let's dive into some of your, um, if you could think of like top hunting stories, you know, uh, what, what comes to mind for you whenever you think in that regard? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll tell you what, Travis, how long is this supposed to go? Uh, <laughs> it could go all day. Um, yeah. There are, there are some that are uh, really close to me. I, I'll pick on the one that's closest date-wise to me. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was out hunting by myself in public property, public land, where Peralt and I will go out and hunt sometimes. And that day I decided, well, I'm going to do some fasting. And I probably should have been hunting, you know, praying more for the hunt than anything else. But I, I walked into the woods where uh, we, I just knew that there were some deer. And it was th three quarters of a mile from the road, maybe a little bit further up and down. And don't you know it, right at uh, dusk, here comes a nice buck. 
And I'm thinking, I can't pull this thing out of here. There, I'm just going to let it go. But there was this, uh, no, he's broadside. And I think I saw a sign on it that said, hey, Grubs, I'm yours. And so <laughs> I, I shot it, dropped it. Uh, it went 10 yards, dropped. And so I, I, I clean it out and I start dragging it out to the main path, which was probably 100 yards. And I said, I can't do this. And I could hear coyotes in the back. I'm thinking they're going to eat me. They're going to eat the deer. And so I called Scott Peralt. And I said, hey, Scott, uh, I really need you tonight. And he came out. And sure enough, Scott drugged that deer uh, that whole way out. He, he lost 40 pounds in sweat uh, <laughs> doing that. And in fact, I was carrying all the stuff. And I just sort of fell on the side of the trail there. And I said, Scott, once you get this deer out, just gut me and take me out as well. <laughs> And uh, so he did that, but it was good. Uh, a brother uh, came and served me, and uh, that will always be one of my greatest hunting memories, knowing that Scott came out and uh, saved this old guy's life. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, people, you know, a lot of times on this podcast, we talk a lot about the hunt, and we talk about the recovery, but if you're hunting public land and you're back in there, the, some of those drags, um, yeah. I mean... I can't imagine how guys sometimes, I mean, I understand why some guys quarter, <laughs> just go ahead and quarter right there like an elk or whatever, but yeah, that's, that, that can be a lot of work, but uh, it's good to have some buddies that can help you out with that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he came out. So I, I think I, I gave him like a, uh, a roast or something out of that deer and he was happy. So yeah. that was a good thing. That's awesome. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, Jody Lothar, you know, Jody. Yeah, I know Jody. Okay, so here, here's the deal with Lothrin. Uh, he's a little bit competitive. And so uh, one season we decided that, okay, whoever gets the most deer wins. And we had, I think I was up by one, Travis, and it was the last day. And he went, he, he got another one, so that tied us. And then he, that day at noon, he downloaded another tag, didn't tell Marianne. And so he went out hunting out at Paul Fridley's. I think yeah. Paul has passed away now. Yeah. Uh, and so he shot one and he said, Grubbs, you got to help me find this thing. And so I went out there. Travis, there was one drop of blood about the size of your pinky fingernail. And it was a clear, beautiful winter night. The snow was fresh. It was crisp. And we walked all over that property to try to find this deer, and we didn't find it. Mm. But time with Jody and just enjoying that beautiful night uh, is another one of those stories that uh, I just kind of hang on to. Uh, that next year, Jody and I were out at the same property, and I hit a, a buck, and there was uh, we, we just couldn't find it. And there was blood about the size of... Uh, Belpre's parking lot. I mean, there was a lot. And Jody says, there's hardly any blood. We're not going to find it. I'm thinking, Jody, we searched for hours on a speck of blood, and that was probably because you had a bloody nose. And, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> so, but it was just, just good fellowship with him. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time in the woods together hunting. Mm. I think it's neat to have, uh, like we kind of talked about already, but having a hunting partner. Um, or people that you can just enjoy going with. There's people that I've hunted with just random times or whatever, but I have a few, kind of a select few of folks that you just know that whenever you're going to go out with them, you're going to have a good time. And even if you get nothing, 
it's not a wasted trip because it, it's really just fun just being in the woods with certain people. Amen, amen. It sure is. Mm. Yeah, so so uh, there was Jody Dennis Bates. Uh, spend some good time with him. Good friends, good friends, uh, and it, and it's a good thing. Uh, very cool. Uh, let me let me uh, ask you another question, Brian. Um, and maybe I, I didn't I didn't prepare you for this one. I'm just going to throw it at you. What what's what do you think has been like the biggest challenge for you in hunting? Like any stories come to mind as just a challenge where you had to learn something the hard way? Oh boy! Uh, again, uh, there I probably learn more uh, out there than uh, every every time I go out. Uh, maybe uh, out at the foreman farm. I'll I'll pick on them here for a little bit. My father-in-law came out and he and I shared hunting. And I can remember when I first met Linda's dad and went in and asked if I could marry his daughter. He left the table and went and looked outside the kitchen window in his backyard. And I kept thinking to myself, he's looking for a place to bury me. <laughs> That's what he's doing. But uh, that, that wasn't the case. And we really enjoyed fellowship in hunting and not only is he my father-in-law, but he's a good friend. And I think part of that is because of hunting. And Brian Foreman uh, allowed Linda's dad, Dave, to come on out and hunt on his property. And I think Linda's dad was hunting in one of Brian's favorite stands that day. And he hit a buck. And we, he just couldn't find it. So I met him, and he says he was telling me how to find these things. And he said, they usually run for some water. And so I started looking and found some, a little stream and followed down uh, as it went down. And sure enough, there was this big buck that Linda's dad got. And just hearing him tell me, hey, look at the water. And he went to look at the water somewhere else. And so there was a lesson I learned uh, from a good friend, my father-in-law, uh, hunting. And mm -hmm. so now when I hit a deer, I always tell uh, – for all, mine only go 10 yards, but if I have to look, you know, that's where I'm going. I'm going to go look for them at water. So, uh, yeah, and that's solid advice. I, um, I mean, I, I had that happen, uh, was that last, last, no, two years ago, I, uh, hit a doe pretty far back and it was kind of, it was an evening hunt. And so I backed out, waited, and I knew because I hit her, especially on a, on a shot like that, like a gut shot, a lot of times they go to water and, um, ended up next morning i went back in couldn't find a drop of blood but i went down to the creek and just followed it and within 200 yards i found her Neat. and so yeah yeah that's good advice so well good man what other uh what other stories you got up your sleeve i know you had a couple more that you wanted to share today well uh, again when we were in belpre travis there just seemed to be a lot of farmland that people would allow you to come and hunt and one of the places was, uh, it was Ray and June Fisher's place out in Amesville. And we asked her, hey, June, can we come hang out on your land? And she said, no, I love my deer. And so we said, oh, okay. Well, a couple years later, she was begging us to come out because the deer were eating all her flowers. <laughs> and so that was, that was really, really cool. And there were, Travis, there were so many deer on that property when we first started hunting you almost had to push the deer away to get to your stand i mean there were just so many deer there and i can remember going out there and one year say okay i'm going to get one with the compound bow going to get one with the crossbow and get one with the shotgun and sure enough 
it all worked out there at uh, the Fisher's property. And uh, we would just meet out there. And my father-in-law, again, went out there with me. Jody would be out there. Dennis would be out there. Jody would leave his four-wheeler out there. So if we needed it, uh, we could go and grab a deer and drag it in. And uh, one, one time we went hunting. It was Linda's dad, uh, Jody, and myself. And uh, we all drove in there and getting ready, getting our you know, garb on and all this stuff that's supposed to make you uh, look like they, nothing can see you. I, I don't know if Peralt told you when he first went out, he had like a pair of jeans on and a brown jacket. Yeah. He, yep. he, he, I don't know. I think he went to Subway or something and grabbed food or was eating it, you know, but he got one. But uh, the idea about garb, you put everything on and we're getting ready to go out there. Uh, again, Linda's dad, Jody and I, and Linda's dad said this and it became a habit. Hey guys, let's pray before we even go out. And uh, that was just good for this guy's heart. And uh, so we just surrounded each other, put our arms around uh, each other's shoulders. I had to put my arms up. I'm shorter than these guys, but we got around there and uh, prayed. And uh, it was just something that was fantastic. Mm. And, uh, so I uh, try to do that more uh, as I go out with the guys uh, around here as well. Yeah. I think that's a good good practice. That's something we try and do as well. I think sometimes we forget and we just go in and we get in. And some, it yeah. seems like you have a better hunt. Not that you're necessarily successful, but whenever you do that beforehand, it just kind of puts you in the frame of mind that you need to be going into the woods. That this isn't, like we said, it's not just about that kill moment. It's about the whole experience from start to finish. And it yeah. uh, makes you appreciate it a little bit more, I think. Yeah. 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 So it, it's all good. And I am amazed, Travis. Uh, you know, I, I think one of my goals would be to to get a deer in a loincloth and a spear. I think that would be the ultimate, you know, <laughs> experience. I don't know if that will ever happen or not. And but but they always come up with new equipment, and I'm thinking, good night. How can they do this? It's just a bow and it's just an arrow. And uh, sure enough, uh, they come up with some pretty cool stuff, and it's neat to see the guys have that. And yeah. say, hey, you got to really try this. And uh, it's a, again, it's the whole experience. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> what what got me about Scott Peralta is him using a ghillie suit and hunting from the ground. Is that something that you've tried yet, or you have you pretty much stuck to normal camo and hunting from a tree? Well, I I, I won't go the ghillie suit thing. I, not yet, but I used to go up with a climber. Had a climber would carry it out uh, no matter where I was, and would would climb up and. Uh, but I, I'm getting a little bit older now, Travis, and that thing uh, weighs a little bit more. So I bought a little stool that you just sort of tie around the bottom of a tree yeah. and just sort of sit. So that's how I do it. I just kind of sit there. Uh, I am a fan of scent. And uh, deer dander, I spray that all around so uh, they, they hopefully can't smell me. And so it's been successful for me. I've had the deer come up right beside me and... Um, so it's been, uh, that's how I, I, I'm not much into the trees anymore, uh, unless it's a fixed ladder stand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that for sure. I, I think there's, uh, I, my buddy Trav, his plan this year is actually to hunt from the ground more. And I can definitely see the appeal because if you're on eye to eye level with the deer, it, I'm sure it, there's probably a little bit more adrenaline involved. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't, don't look, you know, don't look at me, dear. Don't look at me, dear. <laughs> staring you down you can't move and it's right in the middle of an itch or something you know that you want to move and you can't so. yeah yeah 
Oh, man. Well, Brian, I appreciate you coming on sharing your stories. Is there any other stories up your sleeve? Any other just real memorable moments in the woods? Uh, well, I, I guess there's one that just popped into the old noggin. All right. uh, it was uh, Jody and Dennis Bates. Uh, Dennis's dad had a camp uh, not too far from where you're from. Uh, it was right before he got to Woodsfield. And we went hunting up there one time, and uh, they, they would just spend a couple days there eating to their heart's content. And I took my oldest son there, or, or no, the youngest son, Eric, and we were hunting and walking back from hunt, not seeing anything. And this humongous buck just popped out into the trail in front of us. And Eric looked at me and said, hey, Dad, what do we do? I said, I have no idea. Just kind of hit the ground. So we hit the ground and waited, and the deer uh, walked behind us, and we didn't get a shot. But it was just neat uh, seeing uh, my son having him there with me. Both boys have gotten a deer. Uh, one, one was enough for them, and uh, they decided to chase girls instead. So, uh, <laughs> successfully, successfully, yes, it seems like. successfully yeah. they've done that. So. <laughs> Uh, that's great, man. Well, Brian, I, I want you to know I, I appreciate you and uh, always been a good friend, very encouraging guy, and I appreciate you coming on and just kind of sharing some of your experiences and um, uh, taking some time out of your day today. Oh, you bet, Travis. Hey, love and appreciate you and your family. And uh, hey, if you get a chance, tell those folks down at Belfry that uh, I said hi. I will do that, man. All right. Thanks. <laughs>